Welcome to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. I'm Jonathan Hall. This episode, we speak with Jose Vergara, author of All Future Plunges to the Past, James Joyce in Russian Literature. Jose is assistant professor of Russian at Bryn Mawr College. His teaching interests cover a wide variety of topics, Russian language, prison literature, Chernobyl, Russian novel of the classical and experimental varieties, and contemporary Russian culture and society. We spoke to Jose about what inspired him to study James Joyce's influence on Russian literature, the five major Russian authors he studied, and the Joycean themes he found in their work. Hello, Jose. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, we're happy to have you on the podcast to talk about your new book, All Future Plunges to the Past, James Joyce in Russian Literature. Tell us how you got interested in this topic and the backstory of this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a slightly long one um, and kind of goes back quite a while. I feel like there's certain moments or events um, in my life or my academic life anyway that kind of brought me to, to this topic, um, this convoluted history with Joyce. Um, I actually first tried to read Ulysses, uh, Joyce's book in high school on my own. Uh, but I ended up kind of stumbling when I got to the part where Leopold Bloom's cat starts talking. And I thought, well, maybe I'll come back to this later. Um, and I think I just had other writers on my mind and um, other things to read at that point. But later in college, uh, I had some extra room in my schedule and I did an independent study with one of my professors, Tim, Tim Langen, on Ulysses, uh, Andre Bieli's novel, uh, Petersburg, Russian novel. Um, that's often compared with Ulysses and uh, Flann O'Brien's At Swim Two Birds, the three great classic uh, modernist texts. And there it sort of hit me that uh, for me, Joyce is at its best when it's a communal experience, when I'm engaging with other people and talking about him with other people. And um, that's something that ended up happening for this book, was, which was really exciting for me. Um, so between those two things and then in grad school, when it was time to pick a dissertation topic. This is my book based uh, partly on my dissertation. Um, I was taking a course on Joyce and Beckett and modernity. That was the title. Um, and um, as we started reading Ulysses, I recognized these moments in the book that reminded me a lot of uh, a Russian novel by Yuri Elyesha, the first author I look at in my book. Uh, the novel is called Envy. Um, and I realized that that might be what I should write about. Um, I started digging around and recognized that there was no uh, kind of systematic study of Joyce in Russian literature of his influence, for lack of a better term, Um, nothing that kind of brought it all together. There were individual studies and uh, hints at how writers had responded to him, but nothing kind of broad and with the scope that I wanted to to approach it with. Um, The closest thing was Neil Cornwell's excellent James Joyce and the Russians, But for the most part, he's looking at the critical reception, or he was in in that book. Um, And what I was interested in doing is really looking at the literary response, how these Russian writers took Joyce's ideas and his kind of persona and his devices, all these things in his books, um, and adapted them uh, for their own purposes. So in other words, kind of what he represented and continues to represent to them um, as a Western writer, as an innovator, um, as this kind of unavoidable figure in literature. Um, so yeah, all, all of these things, this kind of chain of events throughout my 
uh, recent life um, from high school anyway, uh, kind of brought me to the point of uh, this topic and um, digging in, you know, I just found all these really uh, fascinating connections and the topic resonated with me. Nice, nice. Now, Joyce was, his, his work was suppressed by the Soviet authorities for decades. And so a lot of researchers have kind of overlooked Joyce's influence on modern Russian literature. You dive into that and you found clear influences of Joyce in five major Russian authors. What brings together these authors? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of one possible explanation that I consider in the book um, that with the response to Joyce starting in the 1930s um, and forward, um, and the kind of clampdown on modernist writing and the simultaneous turn to socialist realism, there kind of wasn't room for Joyce to be a significant figure in Russian literature. Um, and therefore, this question wasn't really brought up or considered um, under the assumption that there wouldn't be anything um, to look for, any sort of influence. Uh, but right, in, in kind of digging around and looking closely at these authors' texts, I realized that that wasn't the case. They were still discussing him, still reading him, accessing him in these different ways, both direct and indirect, um, or not so direct. Um, and um, on the one hand, what I'm trying to emphasize throughout the book is that uh, these, these case studies that I, that I bring up, Yuri Elyeshev, Vladimir Nabokov, probably the most well-known among these authors, Andrei Bitov, Sasha Sakolov, and Mikhail Shishkin. Um, in these case studies, there's no kind of single monolithic, quote unquote, Russian Joyce. Um, there's a kind of series of Joyces that they pick up and create, and uh, that's kind of manifested in their work depending on when they're writing. So uh, a Russian writer uh, like Alyesha from the 1920s, 1930s, reading Joyce, what he gets out of Joyce is going to be much different than what a writer after Stalin's death um, gets from Joyce or after the fall of the Soviet Union. It's all very contextual. Um, that's on the one hand what I'm emphasizing. Um, on the other hand, um, to get you know more directly to your question about what brings them together, I think there are some commonalities and themes and ideas that they were attracted to in Joyce. And um, I can speak about one of those. And that's the kind of through line that I develop in the book. Um, uh, about how these authors in, again, very different ways, uh, turn to Joyce's ideas about lineages and genealogies and history. Um, and this really goes back to, uh, to get specific about it, um, episode nine in Ulysses, in which Joyce has his hero, Stephen Dedalus, um, explain what he calls his kind of Shakespeare theory or his idea about uh, creativity uh, via Shakespeare. Um, and according to this theory, the creative artist or writer in particular can kind of become a father to himself um, by creating art that lasts forever. So you create a Hamlet or you create a Ulysses. Um, and in that way, the world recognizes you as this great creator and your legacy is sort of insured. Um, and thus you're a kind of father to yourself or to how others perceive you. This is even, I don't know, more possible or more effective when you kind of supplant the uh, biological father figure in your life with a literary one. So again, in Joyce's case, in his hero, Stephen's case, it's a turn to Shakespeare and creating these connections between life and literature. 
Um, and I noticed that all my writers, the, the writers I selected to focus on in the book, kind of observed this idea in Ulysses and responded to it in some way. Um, this is a kind of key through line or thread of the book. Interesting, interesting. So for the listeners, if you get, if you could tell us again who the authors were that you studied and the Joycean themes that you found in their work. Sure. So the, the five authors are Yuri Eliesha, Vladimir Nabokov, uh, Andrei Bitov, Sasha Sakalov, and Mikhail Shishkin. Um, and I can say a little bit about at least a couple of them and kind of how they dug into uh, the Joycean worldview and this, this theme of uh, fathers and, and sons in particular. Um, so the first one is uh, Yuri Eliesha in chapter one, um, who again was writing in the early Soviet era in the 1920s and 30s. Um, and he represents this early response to James Joyce. He published Envy, his novel in 1927. So just a couple of years after uh, the first translation, Russian translation of uh, Ulysses appeared, which was just fragments, but he would have access to this um, and in Envy, I noticed these connections between the, the two works. Um, but in particular, um, what's most, in, most um, intriguing to me about Eliesha is how he feels this tension between wanting to pursue the individualist path, the Western path, Joyce's path of becoming a father to yourself and um, kind of narrating and telling your own story um, on the one hand. And on the other hand, um, adhering to you know, what was developing in the Soviet Union at the times, not socialist realism officially, but moving toward that, moving in that direction of a kind of regimented system that would uh, support the state um, in literature and art and so on. Um, an art with a purpose as opposed to art for its sake. Um, so in the novel, Alyosha has this hero, Kavlierov, uh, kind of try out Stephen's path of going out on his own and uh, becoming an individualist artist, but um, ultimately shows that that's not possible in these changing conditions um, in Soviet Russia, given these circumstances and given the kind of ambivalence that both Alyesha and his hero expressed in their, their lives. Um, and so Joyce, or excuse me, Alyesha is using Joyce and using Ulysses and this idea from Ulysses as a way to comment on uh, what he was experiencing at the time or starting to feel anyway. And then the second chapter with uh, Nabokov, he's uh, unique in, in a number of ways. He, had, he could read Joyce in English, you know, much more easily and readily than any of the other writers. And uh, one of my favorite parts of his story is that he actually uh, offered to Joyce, he wrote a letter to Joyce offering to translate Ulysses in the early 1930s. And obviously this didn't come to be, but it's one of the great what ifs of literature to, to my mind. What if Nabokov had been able to translate Ulysses in the 1930s? What would that have actually looked like? So it didn't happen, but I read and I argue that his final Russian novel, The Gift, Dar, uh, can actually be read as a creative translation, even a kind of mistranslation of Joyce's book. Um, there's structural similarities in, in some ways in, in the plot, and themes and images, um, dogs and footsteps, various numbers of things. Uh, but the main one is that uh, Nabokov, like his hero, uh, had to flee into immigration, had to go to Europe from Russia after the Civil War, 
and they both lost their fathers in different ways. Nabokov's father was assassinated, accidentally assassinated. He took a bullet for someone, someone else. Um, and then Nabokov's hero in the gift uh, loses his father uh, when, when his father disappears on a scientific expedition um, and is never seen again. Um, so for Nabokov, the idea of cutting out the biological, of kind of breaking your ties in, in the way that Stephen proposes in Ulysses was, is kind of blasphemous and wrong in, in a certain way. But in the gift, he does pursue this Shakespeare project. He merges, though, uh, the literary with the biologicals. So instead of cutting things apart, he's bringing them together. In his case, he's uniting the father figure with Pushkin, the kind of Russian equivalent of Shakespeare, the father of modern Russian letters. Um, so he retells in a way, mistranslates bits of Ulysses and uses the project, but to a different end. Um, so these are two examples um, in the book of how these Russian writers would use uh, Joyce's ideas, but alter them due to the you know, conditions around them, their, their context, or to achieve something different. And the other three chapters do similar things and also look at stylistic influence and kind of more playful attitude toward um, intertextuality and these connections between the books, um, again, depending on when and where the writers were writing from. Interesting, interesting. And now you also have, uh, you've interviewed authors who are uh, alive today, other living writers in Russia. There's a whole uh, section of this Moscow-based Joyce uh, reading group called the Territory of Slow Reading, I thought was fascinating, and there's others. Uh, tell us about these interviews and what you learned from authors today. Sure. Yeah, some of that factored into uh, my fifth chapter. I spoke with Mikhail Shishkin about Joyce and had exchanges with him. Um, but in the conclusion in particular, um, I interviewed this reading group as well as other writers, like you mentioned. And the conclusion is divided up into five sections. And the first one I focus on this Moscow Joyce reading group called uh, the Territory of Slow Reading, uh, as you said. Um, and they're a group of Joyce fans, basically, that meet uh, once a week on Sundays for an hour, um, and they meet on Zoom. And they've been doing this for several years now before Zoom became a reality for everyone. Um, and as I was getting ready to conduct some research in Moscow in the summer of 2019, um, I was asking around and someone mentioned this group. So I got in touch. And while I was in Moscow, um, I was able to sit in on a session of theirs. Again, it's on Zoom. Um, but that wouldn't have been possible otherwise because of the time difference. I would be up really late or um, wake up really early to participate. Um, and they go through Ulysses bit by bit um, and also read some other texts that are, you know, contextually related to Ulysses or Joyce or thematically in some way um, and focus on both the details and the work um, as well as kind of broader themes and sort of uh, more universal aspects of the novel and what they get out of this experience of reading Joyce. Um, they really take it slowly. That's why it's called the territory of slow reading as, as one should with <laughs> Joyce. Um, and obviously there are other Joyce reading groups all around the world that do similar things. Um, but for me, it was really useful and, and fascinating to talk to them about why they read Joyce. I posed that question, you know, after the session to, to some of them. Um, and there are different answers. One participant, uh, for, for instance, suggested that Joyce allows them 
uh, this group at least, or, or readers in Russia, according to, to his view, uh, to discuss things that aren't often discussed in Russian literature, or at least not so candidly, like sex or, or money was another example they brought up. Um, so that was really neat to hear. And, uh, and they also hold an annual Bloomsday walks so on June 16th, they wander around central Moscow and um, read bits of choice in, in the Russian translation and then have some drinks at a pub or bar, I suppose, there. Um, yeah, and, and, and beyond that, as I said, for the conclusion, I wanted to get a uh, kind of most recent perspective on Joyce and Ulysses and his work. Um, so I interviewed some writers, it's really a range from younger generations, um, Ksenia Buksha, Ivan Sokolov, a different Sokolov, um, and then uh, some writers from older generations like Dmitry Bukov, um, Anna Glazova, Marina Stepnova, Zinovi Zinik, um, and, and other ones. Um, so I either interviewed them or corresponded with them uh, via email or, or Facebook in other ways. Um, and talk to them about Joyce's place in Russia, how they first encountered him, um, and so on. Um, and for this part of the uh, conclusion, the penultimate section, what I did is put together all their voices. So I asked them all the same questions and then some individual ones um, and took parts of these interviews and created a kind of mini oral history and put the, the, their words, the things they had to say about Joyce in dialogue. Um, with one another. Um, and for me, it was, I, I don't know, an, an exciting and, and useful exercise in kind of restructuring or reframing this history of Joyce that I do throughout the book, that I tell throughout the book. Um, so the book has five chapters, uh, it moves chronologically, but here it's a mix of voices and different perspectives um, and has the, the writer's you know, speaking for themselves, um, and I think kind of emphasizes the spontaneity and chance encounters that you find in Joyce, um, and, the, and their voices um, show that, reveal that. Um, and then beyond that, it was just nice to see the connections between what they had to say. For instance, Stepnova and uh, Grigory Slujitil both describe Joyce, use the metaphor of a mountain, that he's a mountain in the writerly landscape that no one can avoid, um, but sometimes you turn your your view slightly to the side or something to avoid his uh, influence or to change things. Um, but again, that was totally by chance that they use the same metaphor. Um, yeah, and, and finally, most broadly, it was uh, again, useful in a way to see how the same debates about Joyce that we saw in the twenties and thirties about whether he's sort of passe or is he actually an innovator? Is he worth emulating for Russian writers or in general? Um, all these kind of debates that started a century ago are still happening now. Joyce's place in Russian culture um, is still not settled entirely. Um, and we see all of this sort of recur on these pages here. Wow, wow. Well, this is an amazing project that you've, you've created. Um, and I, I like that analogy of Joyce as a mountain. I mean, he, he looms over yeah. the literary world. And people are still working to try to understand him more clearly um, without not only groups in Russia, but all over the world reading his, uh, his book. Uh, I know of one book group in Ithaca that's taken on Ulysses. Uh, yeah. Wow, you know, <laughs> how do you even start? Um, but I think that's it's amazing uh, what you've collected for anyone who is interested in James Joyce and his 
writings to see the different perspective that another culture can, can bring to the conversation. And they may be able to see things that we are blind to because we're immersed in it. Um, so having that Russian view and Russian experience of his literature, I think is, is a great contribution to, to understanding him. And uh, it's all right here in this new book, All Future Plunges to the Past, James Joyce and Russian Literature. Thank you so much for sharing uh, just a, a little bit of, of the book. We encourage folks to, to uh, take a deeper dive into it uh, by getting the book. It's on our website. You can get it at a library. It's available now. So uh, we encourage you to read it. And I uh, want to thank you again, Jose, for, for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was a, it was a pleasure. Thank you. That was Jose Vergara, author of All Future Plunges to the Past, James Joyce and Russian Literature. If you'd like to read Jose's new book, please use the promo code 09POD to save 30%. If you live in the UK, use the discount code CSAnnounce and visit the website combinedacademic.co.uk. Thank you for listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. <laughs>